Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You can follow us on Twitter or send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com. It is indeed uh, time for parenting with Joanna Fortune. As ever, if you have a question for Joanna, you can send it in to afternoon at newstalk.com. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, here's the first one. I'm going to, uh, and a sad one, I'm going to the UK next week to see my daughter and her children. My daughter has just separated from her husband and moved out. Their eldest child is quite upset, crying and asking for daddy to come back. I cannot believe this is happening again as the history is repeating itself as it happened to me and my children when they were teenagers. I don't want to say the wrong thing. The kids are five and seven. The younger one doesn't seem to notice daddy is gone. What shall I say to them, if anything? Oh, that's tough, isn't it? Mm. And I, I really think, you know, listening here, it's like... Start with checking in with yourself and minding and regulating yourself because this whole experience and watching it from that sort of one degree removed could still activate old hurts, old wounds Mm, from your own experience. And then I think rather than, you know, very quickly, I think our natural instinct is the children, the children. But I'm going to suggest actually starting with yourself and then checking in with your daughter and reflect as you do on how you wish people had responded to you when this happened, Mm. when they were teenagers. What would have really helped you when you were negotiating that and trying to hold a sort of sense of stability and continuity for the children? Be that person for your daughter. You know, do as you wish someone had done for you. Because if you do that for her, then that is an investment in the grandchildren as well. Because holding her up and making sure she's okay, because it sounds like this is quite active and quite current, you know, that this has just happened or Mm. very recently happened. I also think, you know, as you're on your way over, check in with your daughter to see what have they told the children so far? Mm. You know, what language are they using? What message have they given? Have they had that conversation with the children yet? And ask her, how can I help you? How can I be of support to you and the children and let her lead this rather than you? I think as well, though, when the children, if they are upset, you know, sometimes children will certainly seek out, you know, someone like granny to say, oh, did you hear what happened? And can you make mom get dad back or whatever it might be that acknowledge and validate their feelings? You know, I know you're upset and of course you're upset. This is sad. So it's normal to feel sad when something sad happens, that you reaffirm that, you know, mom and dad are the best people to answer all of the questions they have. They're such great questions, but the best people to answer those questions are mom and dad. And what Mm. you can do is be playful, provide lots of cuddles, lots of comfort, you know, a lot of nurture play, you know, really sensory singing, rhymes, curled up, reading a book together, watching a movie together, just providing a lot of acceptance and empathy that this family are going through a hard time. And it's a hard time that, you know, firsthand. Yeah. So but, use but at the your same knowledge. time, you don't bring your own stuff into it. No, maybe. it's about using your knowledge to inform how you respond rather than 
thinking this is exactly like it was for me because it won't be. Like mm-hmm. those situations are very unique and very particular to multiple variables, let's say, of Cross, whatever's yeah. going on and what has led to this and contributed to it. But I really think, you know, be kind to yourself as well. Be aware that you are, even how you've written this letter, you are activated by this, that you can't believe it's happening again. It's not that it's happening again. It's that your daughter is going through an experience that something in you recognises and you know what that's yeah. like. Yeah. So really attune to what she needs and how you can be that person for her, because I really think that's going to make huge difference, not only to your daughter, but also to the grandchildren. Yeah, because, yeah, the phrase is happening again kind of implies yeah. that they think this is some sort of family pattern. Is it my fault somehow or, you know. And that, it's not. Kind of of things. course it's not. You know, it's not your fault at all. You know, these things happen. And again, we don't know. And the only ones who really know what's gone on is your daughter and her partner or ex-partner. They're the ones who know what's going mm. on and where this has gone. But there are two young children here as well. You know, they're seven and they're five. And I do think, you know, just to clarify that it, it can be very difficult difficult to have a calm conversation with your children when you're not feeling calm yourself. And that's why I really think, you know, attend to your own daughter so that she can attend to her children. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. No, because, yeah, the daughter's moved out. So the kids know something is afoot, really. Yeah. Yeah. God, the poor things. Yeah. I I remember interviewing a a divorce lawyer, an Irish divorce lawyer years ago, and she said that that's... Uh, her experience was that in in, in Ireland, if um, if you're walking down the street and your husband's been run over by a truck, people will cross the road to sympathise. But if you split up with your husband, they'll cross the road so as not to make eye contact. With I know, you. and it's yeah. isn't it that awkwardness of I don't know what to say, mm. and for fear I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to say nothing at all. Yeah, you know, I think we can do that when actually an empathic response is to acknowledge that oh, I don't even know what to say to you. I'm just so sorry it's happening. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, somebody just texted in. This is a related thing, I suppose. Could you ask Joanna, what can I say to my seven-year-old grandson who asked me, does his dad not like spending time with me? It's heartbreaking. His dad hasn't seen him since January. Oh, gosh, that's really hard. And I think, you know, this is one of those where we don't have all the answers and Mm. we don't have to. And what you're going to do is respond to, oh, I'm sorry you're feeling like that. And that's not it. You know, your dad's just not able to be in our lives at the moment. Your dad has stuff that he's dealing with. Your dad isn't able to be around. And that's not about you. Yeah. That's about yeah. dad. And I think that's how you, because that's honest. And it's, yeah. a, you know, and I think it's really important that we don't sugarcoat things for kids, but that we are developmentally appropriate. And the message you want to convey there very quickly and very directly is this isn't you. Your dad's not able to be around. He's got other things going on. It's about him and his life. It's not about you, but I'm really sorry you feel that way and then move into let's go do something together that can help us feel a bit better about it. We started potty training my son about two weeks ago. He will be three in a few months. He has been doing great with wheeze. He will go on the potty or toilet no problem and he also tells us when he needs to go. However... He refuses to poo on the potty. He pooed the first day we started and we made a big fuss and celebrated. But since then, he just... It was his vision of people setting off fireworks over a child. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we, uh, and since then, he just refuses and will only poo in his pants. He's told us he's scared. We have a box of toys beside the potty that he only gets to play with when he's on the potty and a sticker chart as he loves stickers. Rob is really positive when he does a wee and tries to encourage him to poo as well. When he poos in his pants... 
We remind him that poo is for the potty. We've read poo goes to poo land several times. We've tried blowing bubbles, offering rewards, putting a nappy on the potty for him to sit on, but he still refuses. He's really articulate, so I don't think it's that he doesn't understand. We have him sit on the potty for five to ten minutes after each meal, but he'll say he doesn't need to poo, and then he goes off to hide in his playroom to do it. I don't want to discourage this too, as I don't want him to start holding it in and getting constipated. I'm also reluctant to return him to nappies, as he's doing so well with his wheeze. Is there anything we can do to help him along, or is it just a matter of time? I mean, it's a bit of yes to most of that there. I mean, you're only two weeks into the process. Um, it is still early days. And, you know, something as you were reading that and, you know, you talked about the fireworks there, Sean, it just, <laughs> you know, really brought up for me is that sometimes in our efforts to reinforce the behaviour, we overpraise. Yes. You know, yeah. and that the celebration of, oh, my goodness, look what you can actually overwhelm children that are like, whoa, that's that's very big. That's a lot. Yeah. Am I supposed to get this right all of the time and I can never get it wrong. And, you know, I've often said about praise needs to be very specific. So focus on his effort. You know, I'm so proud of you for trying. Mm. I'm so proud mm. of you for doing and, you know, being very specific with it. And don't over celebrate something that really is a typical ba- behaviour to acquire. You want to praise it. I don't mean I just kind of ignore it. Mm. But let's, you know, there's a lot going on here. He's getting stickers and there's bubbles and there's books and there's celebrations. <laughs> and I'm just, maybe he's a little overwhelmed. Maybe pull yeah, back a yeah. little bit and make it a bit more casual. Take the spotlight off it a little bit. Um, poo goes to poo land is great. Um, everyone poops is one that I tend to mention because graphic as it is, by the way, just heads up on it. It does show lots of yeah, different well, types of no poop point. in there. Yeah, you know? No point sugar well as you say sugar coating yes that's uh, there definitely is you're going to see all kinds of poop in there but actually kids love it because it normalizes it the thing that jumps out of me here though is the potty okay and i remember potty training or toilet training my own child with this she hated the potty yeah and i yeah. thought oh she doesn't like toilet training but actually it was the potty because, the, it, the, I mean, pooping is a really sensory experience for kids anyway. And when they're sitting on the potty, they're quite low down and they might feel the poop as they're going, okay. touching off their yeah. skin. Yeah. And it can be quite an unpleasant experience. I wonder if you were to get one of those, um, you know, those little stepladder seats that you sit on top of the adult sized toilet yeah. and it means that there's a little step for their feet to mm. be fully flat and supported the seat is the right size and it's comfortable and nothing is going to touch my skin now there's always the risk of the splash and the water yeah. but that's a little bit different I wonder would that make a difference and it's certainly because you're trying an awful lot here it is certainly worth exploring I do think they'll give this a little bit more time and really focus on effort over outcome you're doing some lovely play there with the bubbles and stuff. And I'm going to give you some more uh, sensory specific stuff that will support the pooping. I've got to be very careful how I say that so it doesn't yeah. sound like I'm saying play <laughs> with poop. But um, making Play-Doh but using cocoa powder instead of the flower seeds chocolate Play-Doh. And obviously it has a texture and mm. a look, but a much nicer smell. Um, and letting him play with that, manipulate that, really get his hands into it and discover that sensory wise, it's a safe experience. You could also get some sand um, and just wet it, like make it quite damp and you'll need a little funnel. um, But lots of kids play kits have those or the science kits have those. You get a balloon and you just pour the wet sand into the balloon so that the pouch is quite full Mm. and then just have him squeeze from the pouch 
and the wet sand comes out of the balloon and it's quite a poop-like experience. Okay, yes. Okay, everyone try this now. <laughs> now that everyone's like, oh, okay. Um, and also things like slime or finger paint are really good, very specific sensory play that can just get me more comfortable with the tactile experience of it all. And I think if you just gently yet firmly persevere, effort over outcome is where your praise are. I tone down some of the celebration stuff and don't fill the bathroom with too many distractions. You know, mm. there, it's a fine line. You want to have some incentive, but don't over incentivize yes. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a normal bodily function. It turns in, can turn into performance anxiety. It really can, you yeah. see. And that can actually make children pull away from it as well, because it's like, well, what if I get it wrong? Will I not get this big celebration? Mm. I would pull that back a bit and redirect to more very specific sensory types of play. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, the no pooing in the potty thing too, says his texter. Our daughter liked watching Paw Patrol, mm. so we let her watch that while on the potty and she pooed away. Yeah, that go. can work. Poo Patrol is very relaxing for kids watching Poo Patrol. <laughs> Poo Patrol. <laughs> more to the point. Uh, my husband, oh God, this is a tough one. My husband has returned to work in the office two days a week, which means he's gone for pretty much three days because it's a four hour drive to Dublin the night before from where we live. We have not one but two pandemic babies. My eldest was born in April 2020. My second baby was born just six weeks ago. When my husband was working remotely full time, he managed really well. But now that he's gone back to work, I'm stressed out. I hate being on my own with the kids. I feel like one of them is always upset about something. We don't live near family or close friends to help out. Have you any advice on how to cope better? Oh, that's tough, isn't it? That's really, really tough. And, you know, I just want to really emphasise that there is context to how you're feeling. You know, you are stressed out because this is stressful. I think sometimes we're like, I'm not coping. Actually, you know, give yourself a break here. It's okay to find this hard because this is hard. And you've had a co-parent from the very beginning, somebody who's Mm. there, not just for, you know, a little bit of paternity leave. You know, we all wish that was longer, but, you know, someone who's been there with you from the start. So this is new. This is uncharted territory. And you're also in an environment where you don't have your family network around you. And I think sometimes, you know, that becoming a parent can remind us how much we need Mm. that support network around us. It's a lonely place. It can be a lonely place. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if you were to just try and get a little bit more structure and I don't say this lightly, you know, just a little bit because there's two babies here, not two children. They're two babies. A bit more structure and routine into your day. Now, structure, always remember, has a degree of flexibility and adaptability. This isn't about a rigid, we must be up at this time. We must have breakfast by this time. We must be out of the house by a time. This is about saying we're going to get up We're going to eat, then we'll all be dressed and we'll go for a walk. And the flexibility is that might take a little longer some days, but I know where I'm heading. We're Mm. going to have those breaks of outside, inside and just be, I mean, imagine trying to get two children this age to nap and nap at the same time and one not wake the other. Um, I also think if you were to link with your local public health nurse or health centre, I also find um, public libraries a really good resource in this regard and find out what local parent child groups, you know, parent infant, parent toddler groups are running in your area, because I think you need to find a tribe. You know, you need to find connections with other parents who are walking this walk with you and that then you won't feel as alone in it. 
I think that's really, really important to expand your network. And some areas, I don't know whereabouts you're based. So some areas, it's a four hour drive from Dublin, though, but have um, this idea of a play cafe. So it's really for parents to bring children where no one's going to be like, tut tut, wouldn't you think you'd keep that child Mm -hmm. in a seat? The children have an area to play in while the parents have an area to have a coffee and a chat in. And it's really nice. So if your area has one, super. But if not, do look for those groups. Um, I also think, you know, given your your husband is away for a few days, the bones of three days a week, ensure there is something in your week that's just for you when he is home. Yeah, that you have yeah. a thing, your thing, whatever that is for you, that it, you know, could be getting out of the house. Um, I would strongly advise getting out of the house because if you're going to say your thing is a hot, un- uninterrupted bath, you're going to need to get some noise cancelling headphones <laughs> or something to yeah. switch off. But if you can get out of the house, meet up with somebody or, you know, even if it's a class or something you participate in, have something in your week that is not about the children, but is just for you. Just to kind of, I think we have to top up our own love cups, don't we? We have to resource ourselves to be able to give out so much during the week yeah. to others who are depending on us. Yeah, absolutely. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, we're going to take a break now. Uh, coming up, though, after the break, how far beyond a milestone is too far? Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avancard DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cents. Joanna Fortune is still with us as ever. If you have a question for Joanna, you can send it into afternoon at newstalk.com. Uh, the uh, couple of comments on the poo, uh, poo problem. Brian says that sounds exactly like what we went through for our oldest boy a couple of years ago held it in until he did it in his pants and then wouldn't tell us he did. When he started training, he had a few hard poos, which hurt and even made him bleed. Oh, God. Uh, This made him scared of pooing in the toilet. We ended up giving him poo presents, something small every time. They successfully did it in the toilet. Might not be the best way, and it took a few months, but it worked. Or at least he started going to the toilet for a poo. Whether it was for the poo presents or not, I'm not sure, uh, says Brian. Uh, Another text says, I used to tell my daughter to let her poo-poo go play with all the other poo-poos in the poo-poo crash. It worked. I had a similar narrative to that. I can relate to that. I used to be saying, we got to send the poops back to their poop family. You know, they're waiting for them. So, yeah. yeah. It's like finding poopo. My son is 18 months and barely bump shuffling along the floor. He's not making any effort to crawl. Only started to pull himself up to standing in the last month or so. And even at that, he doesn't do it often. I worry he's developmentally delayed. My husband thinks he's just one of those lazy babies, happy to take his time. Should I be worried? I mean, I'm not going to say, yeah, you should be worried, but I, I'm going to say I understand your mm. concern. Let me put it that way. I mean, the never crawling wouldn't be the thing that concerns me. Not all children crawl. OK, you know, some children bum shuffle and get up and walk. And yes. that's just yeah, the way they absolutely. are. Yeah. And I'm really glad to hear he is now standing up. I would like him to be you're saying he doesn't do it often. I would like him to be standing up often. Yeah. Pulling himself up and maybe even beginning to balance when he's standing, you know, stand away from the furniture. You know, when they take that little leap between one item of furniture and another, yeah. um, that little piece, even just to stand still and have a sense of balance there. So I'm going to suggest what you do is Just even to reassure yourself, I'm always a fan of ruling things out so that you know what is or isn't going on. You could call your public health nurse, ask for his developmental check, um, either if he didn't have the one year old one, because, you know, there has been delays to that process because of COVID and it's a little early for the two year old one. But if you flag 
Look, he isn't. He's he's only sometimes standing up. That's very recent. And you would like somebody to just check over his muscle tone just to make sure everything is okay there. Mm. They will give you an appointment. And I would encourage you to do that because I think as a parent, even if you're looking at this and you're worried, that worry doesn't go away just because, ah, he's probably fine. You know, that you're worried. So if you're worried, act on your worry. Trust your instinct would be my... I mean, children learn to walk at different ages just to say that I do think, you know, we've kind of normalised very early walking that, oh, walk at 11 months or 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it can feel like this competitive thing that it doesn't need Mm. to be. It's quite normal for children to take until now, like 18, 19 months, some of them even a little bit longer to take those steps. So, you know... By 18 months, though, standing up independently and being able to balance and hold that standing position is something we'd like to see. Yeah, the milestones, I think, though, sometimes are a bit of a curse because people start panicking. Oh, totally. And it's in a book someplace marked with a big red line. And you know when it says, you know, between 12 and 18 months, we think, oh, 12 months, I've got to do it by 12 months. No, no, it's a a swing to let you know it's fine. Mm. Be that 13, 14, 15, you know, that you've all those months for it to happen. Yeah, it's not a target. Uh, My daughter is 14. I caught her smoking two weeks ago. I read her the riot act. She barely responded and hasn't apologised or acted in any remorseful way. We haven't spoken properly since and I'm angry that she would do something so stupid. However, I'm also worried that by getting so annoyed, she'll do the teenager thing where it'll make her want to smoke just, uh, just to spite me. Any advice to make sure she stops? Mm, I mean, making sure she stops is is a tricky one. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking as well about how, I mean, of course, you were annoyed and you were triggered and activated when you saw she was doing this. But reading her the riot act. So, I mean, I know what that means to me. I'm not quite sure what it means to everyone else. But that sounds loud. It sounds angry. It sounds like you're bombarding someone with words and you shouldn't do and this, 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 this. And I'm not sure there's a whole lot of space for the other person to come back when they're being read the riot act and what can happen is in order to just cope with the that kind of anger that they're in the face of kids can zone out they yeah, can literally yeah. go check out of the conversation so if your expectation was that she apologize and she be remorseful I'm about to flip that on its head because when you read someone the riot act you have a relational rupture you're angry it, and again listen it may be justifiably frustrated and angry but when we are we tend to talk at people rather than talk to them and certainly not talk with them yeah okay yeah. so I'm going to suggest you go back to her and engage in some relational repair and that means and I always think initiating repair following a rupture or a row like this is always the responsibility of the parent, no matter who did what, said what or who was in the right or wrong, because we're trying to show our kids, especially our teenagers, that our relationship with them matters more than the row and matters more than us feeling like we're right. So you're going to say, look, last week when I found that out, I flipped my lid. I lost it. I I know I read you the riot act. I was really, really angry. There are things I wish I hadn't said. There are things I wish I'd said differently. And that's where I want to pick up now with you. I want to try and do it again. So here are the reasons that I'm concerned. And you explain why and what worries you. You can even say, look, this is a big red line issue for me. It's never going to be okay in this family, in this house that you smoke. It's something I cannot support. And you can say that whole, you know, like, but you have to acknowledge to yourself, I guess, that you can hold that boundary in your house. 
You can't be with her 24-7. You can't be with Mm. her when she's with her friends, when she's out and about. This is where we have to trust our kids and trust our teenagers that they can self-correct and self-regulate and they can make a judgment call on their behaviour. What you can do, though, is be clear that you're not paying for it. Mm. Okay, cigarettes are not cheap. And to finance them, she has to have funds. Now, maybe she's earning money somehow or maybe you're giving her pocket money. So maybe you need to review, like, do you give pocket money in line with what she's expected to buy? Does she buy her own toiletries? Does she or is it discretionary money? And how much of that money does she have? Because I think you need to explore that with her, that this isn't something that you can finance for her. You're not going to fund it. It won't be your money paying for it. It can't happen in your house. You're really worried about her health. I think as well, talk about how smoking damages your skin, your breath, things like that, that also might make more sense to her. But come at it from a, this is some information I want to give you. This is why I'm concerned. And do it when you're in a place like I'm talking now, in a place that's calm. So you're focused. I'm, You know, it's not that you're laid back about it, but you're not heightened. And you're not emotional mm. about it because you're trying to do it in a connected way. Yeah. And you're and the apology is not, I'm really sorry, here's a packet of fags. The Absolutely apology is not. for flipping the lid. Completely. Yeah. And it's it's more than that. It's really about I just want to reconnect with you. You know that there were other ways I could have gone about that. And I went about it in the moment. And in the moment, I was really angry. That's why I sounded angry. Mm. But now I'm thinking on it. You know, I really wish we'd had more of an opportunity to discuss it. So that's what we're going to do. You might want to bring this up when you're in the car somewhere together. Um, The car is always a great way to have a conversation because nobody can leave. Um, Just make sure there's no earphones or phone Mm. on the go at the same time. Or you might say, come on, we go for a walk together. And while out for a walk have that conversation, but have it in a time when you're not going to be interrupted, when, you know, she's not on her way out the door or in the middle of doing something. Don't catch her unawares, you know, so make sure there is time for that conversation to happen. Uh, A couple of suggestions on that. My son smoked as a teenager. I made it clear when I found out that I would never allow it in the house, nor could he smoke around his younger siblings. After a year or so, he realised that it was an expensive habit that makes him stink. He gave up. It was hard to smell it off him for the year or so, but I'm glad he came to the choice himself. Somebody else says, best way to talk to a teenager, pretend that it's someone else's teenager, Mm -hmm. your friend's teenager, your sister's teenager, but definitely not your own teenager. (laughs) You won't shout or be reasonable. Work's a treat. Or imagine you're in a cafe because you're not going to roar at each other in a cafe. So you could, in your head, be role playing. We're in a public venue right now and I need to talk accordingly. Because, yeah, yeah. Because you could see, you could start that and very calm and then you you see the pussy face. Or they roll their eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Now, this is an interesting one. I'm a single dad and my daughter is turning 10. I've noticed she's watching more teenage programmes and she's starting to show signs that puberty is beginning. I haven't had any conversations with her about periods, dating or sex yet. My wife died four years ago and to be honest, it's been all about survival in the meantime. I don't want to palm this off to her aunties or my mother. How do I start this conversation? I think she and I will be mortified, but I know I need to step up. Good man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you're the one who wants to do it because you should be the one to do it and you can be the one to do it. And it's okay to be a bit mortified about it because I don't know that anyone's ever had this conversation with their parents that there wasn't at least 
a modicum of cringe factor yeah, involved for everyone. Yeah. You know, because this isn't something that's always comfortable and finding the words to say it is actually what trips us up, not the topic itself, but actually how am I going to speak it? So I think, yes, you should do it. But I would also consider having a close female relative also available because she may have some very specific female mm. body questions. There's probably mechanics and things that exactly, you might be okay especially with. around yeah. periods and yeah. things that she might want to just run by another woman. So mm. you could certainly do that. But I think you're right to create that expectation that you're available to her to talk about these difficult things and that together you'll find and muddle your way through it. I mean, there's loads of books. Books are a great help with conversations like this because it gives you a language. It gives you a framework. I can certainly suggest a few. There is a, one that I've mentioned here before is the Everybody Book. The Everybody Book, that's what it's called. Um, it's very inclusive guide on sex, gender, bodies, families. And there is a chapter or a section in it specifically on puberty. It's very graphic. It's, you know, it doesn't pull any punches. It really gives it like it is. Um, and that's one there. It's by Rachel Simon. Um, there's the Body Image Book for Girls by Charlotte Markey. There's Bodies Are Cool by Tyler, um, Tyler Fedder, I think his name is. But actually, that one there is suitable for younger ages as well. It's 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 kind of a picture book, but it shows bodies are cool and it's all body types are there. Mm. So I think that's really helpful as well. And there's a, one called um, Sex is a Funny Word uh, that, again, it's by Corey Silverberg and Fiona Smith. And that covers everything that you're mentioning in the in the letter here. And it will give you that look. I read this. You should read these books first. Don't be handing them over going, I'm not sure what's in there, but it'll help, mm. you know, that you read it so that the message is coming from you. And I know that um, Sarah Spruill works in this area, sarahspruill.com. That's S-P-R. O-U-L-E. And she does very helpful videos on conversations in the car, a little series of videos about having conversations in the car about puberty, about periods, about breasts, about bodies, about sex, about, you know, and it can just you might watch and go, oh, I'll do it exactly like that. But it will give you the confidence. Yes. Yeah. To know Oh, because how you do it should be your words and within your framework and within whatever, you know, belief system you have, because then it's authentically coming from you. Otherwise, kids will look at you and go, you sound like you've learned off lines for a play. <laughs> yes. And this really just sounds rehearsed and uncomfortable. You want should, it to be more conversational. Should you warn her in advance? Should you say we're going to no? I bet like we're going to have this chat rather than springing it on her, and then she might just go into a reflexive ball. I think sometimes you know it it can be a bit like I was just thinking about this, and I realised that's not a conversation we've actually ever had. Mm. I think it's about time we did. So. How about we have make time this weekend mm. and we'll sit down together and have a talk. And I would start, by the way, by asking her what she already knows. Yeah. She's 10 years old. Prepare to be shocked that she will know mm. a lot. And, you know, children talk with each other and there may even be someone in her class who already has periods or for whom puberty has already started. She may be very aware, but not fully informed, if yes, that makes yeah. sense. So awareness is one thing, but you want to make sure and you want to make sure it's your message. So she's not taking her very natural questions that she will have. We don't want her taking them to the Internet. We want her taking yeah. them to her safety network, which is you and and identify somebody else in her life as well that she can bring those questions to. 
Yeah, indeed. And best of luck with it. You'd, yeah. You'd want to be there. It'll actually. go fine. It yeah, really it will, will, of course. It's always worse in your head than it's going to be in practice. Yeah. Joanna, thanks a million as ever. Uh, Joanna Fortune there. Uh, now, just uh, as you know, it's 20 years of news talk. To mark that occasion, we have a prize to give away. You could win a week's holiday in a five-star resort. Sunway wants to get you holiday happy with a wide range of sun destinations. Sunway.ie is their website address. What we're giving away is the chance to spend seven nights in the five-star Contacali Bay Resort in Corfu for two people. That'll be taken between the 30th of April and the 31st of May or the 1st uh, and the 28th of October. To be in with a chance of winning, answer this question. BBC's Peaky Blinders came to an end this week. Who plays the lead character, Tommy Shelby? Is it Killian Murphy or Colin Farrell? Text the word son, your name, your answer, where you are in the country to 53106. That will cost you 30 cent. We're going to pick a qualifier every day and then those, uh, fi- those finalists are going to go into a draw at the end of the week. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, is the music industry making people sick? Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.